Amen. Luke chapter 18 and verse 1. Luke 18 and verse 1. It is, again, a great privilege to be with you on January 1st of 2023. It's the best time I've had all year. I don't want to buzz right by this moment. All right. When you're there, say amen, and I'll stop telling lame jokes. All right. Luke 18 and verse 1. If you're not there, it's on the screen overhead. Uh, And so there it is. And he, Jesus, spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. And there was a widow in that city. And she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man. There's a sentence I never want to utter in my own mind. Though I fear God and regard not man. Yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. What a selfish attitude. I don't really care what anybody else thinks, but man, she's getting annoying. So I'm going to, I'm just going to give her what she wants. So she goes away. And the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge saith. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them. And I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the son of man cometh, Shall he find faith on the earth? Today, this first day of a new year, I want to preach, do it again. Do it again. Why don't we set our Bibles, notepads, phones, whatever to the side. And for the next few moments, let's lift our hands into the air. And one more time, ask God to have his way in this place. Lord, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for your word, God. I I pray that the anointing of the Holy Ghost uh, that is upon that word would be upon my lips, Lord. I, I pray that I could fade to the background, Lord, and your presence could come forward. Let the sincere word of God flow through this place today. Uh, I loose angels of the Lord to walk through this house, God, uh, to stand around this property. I am confident, Lord, uh, in what you want to accomplish and what you want to do in this place today. Uh, I pray that every heart, every mind uh, would be yielded to you. Every thought, Lord, would be locked in on the presence of God. Uh, That our hearts, God, would be ready to receive uh, faith as it flows through this house today. Uh, In Jesus' name, let's clap our hands to the Lord uh, with all of our might. The judge saddles his donkey, his mind moving through the mental checklist of his day. He checked off his to-do list knowing he had a case to hear at the third hour and another case that he was going to sit at at the ninth hour. And, oh yes, then he had a lunch appointment with his friends from the Sanhedrin and dinner that night with What was somebody, but he couldn't remember who. He made a mental note to remind the servants to prepare the house for company. And oh yes, avoid that horrendously annoying widow woman. 
It did not matter how busy he was. It did not matter what route he took to work. It did not matter how much he tried to avoid her. She was always there. Avenge me of mine adversary, she would cry in his ear. He heard it day and night, day after day, week after week. He could hear her voice even now in his mind, gritting his teeth with annoyance. And then a thought ran through his mind. Why don't I just give her what she wants? He didn't really care if it was just and right and fair. He didn't really care if it followed the laws of the land. But he knew that it was annoying him and he was getting tired of putting her off. And so the judge resolved that day, if she shows up again, I'm just going to give her what she wants so she'll go away. There's a common statement that floats around. Perhaps you've said it. Perhaps you've heard it. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. It's attributed to various people like Albert Einstein, Benjamin Franklin. And I don't like it. Now, I'm not angry at you if you've said it. Don't be offended. I I have uttered it as well. And when it came out of my mouth, I'm like, "I, I don't like it. It's also not a true statement. It was not actually said by anybody. And the the closest record I could find of it first appearing in the common lexicon was about 1981. The definition of insanity, they say, is to do the same thing over and over again and expect a different result. But I don't view that as insanity at all. I view that as perseverance. I view that as faith. I view that as having a firm persuasion and confidence uh, that no matter how many times I've gone to my knees in prayer and how many times I've asked God to resolve something, uh, if I'll just keep doing it and I'll just keep pressing ahead, uh, eventually I'm going to get an answer. You see, I'm sure the unjust judge thought that little woman was a little bit crazy, but it takes faith to get up every morning and go over to an unjust judge's courtroom and begin to cry for justice. Every day she had to wake up and decide within herself, I know he didn't answer me yesterday, and I know he didn't answer me all last week, but I'm going to strap on my robe and I'm going over to a courtroom to begin to cry it again. I'm going to pound on the doors of that courtroom and begin woman's crazy and you might look a little bit crazy you might sound a little bit insane to somebody out there but to the ears of heaven if you keep knocking on the door if you keep pounding on the door of heaven you are not crazy that is the voice of faith that is the voice that God is looking for and shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him. You see, it's not a one-time thing where you pray one time and then you never pray it again. But God, every once in a while, might just sit back outside of time waiting to see how bad you really want it. 
There's some prayer requests that I've prayed uh, that I'm thankful God didn't answer right in that moment because I prayed uh, the wrong thing. I prayed after my own will. I prayed, as James said, to consume it upon my own lusts. Uh, but God uh, will just sit back outside of time waiting for the moment. Uh, but there's a person uh, and there's a people all around this world which are crying day uh, and night unto him. And the Bible says he will avenge them speedily. Speedily. Now we live in time. He exists outside of time. And so sometimes it doesn't feel very speedy. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Sometimes it doesn't feel like it's happening. But when God decides to answer, God will always answer speedily. But his question was this. When the son of man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? See, his question was not, is he going to find a body of believers gathered together? His question was not, is he going to find big buildings? But is he going to find this kind of persistent faith that's willing to knock on the door, uh, to pound uh, on that doorpost and say, God, uh, avenge me of my adversary. God, uh, answer my need. God, hear my prayer. See, I rise to tell somebody today uh, in this place, it's a new day and a new year, but it's the same God. Uh, he's the same yesterday. He's the same today. Uh, and he's going to be the same tomorrow. Uh, and he's a God uh, that will surely avenge his elect, uh, though he bear along with them. Uh, and I've simply come today to encourage somebody. Uh, keep knocking on the door. Uh, keep crying out day and night unto him. Uh, because God's wondering, is there still going to be faith on the earth? Uh, is there still somebody going to be crying out to me? Is there still going to be a church in Watertown uh, that's locked in, uh, that's focused, uh, that's persuaded, uh, that is going to persevere through the stairs uh, and persevere through the long years uh, and persevere through the cold winters uh, and persevere through the rejection uh, and the pain uh, and the discouragement uh, and the long seasons of planting uh, and sowing uh, and watering? Uh, are they still going to be knocking? Perhaps you've come into the house of God today like that little widow woman. You've got a need and you've got nowhere else to turn. Uh, there are those in this place, yes, with questions that still need answers and sickness that still needs healing and sons that still need saving. And we're surrounded by a city that still needs deliverance. And you've asked before. You've prayed before. You fasted before, but the Lord sent me today with a very simple word to this church as we launch out into a new year. Do it again. You've prayed it before, but pray it again. You fasted before, but honey, just fast again. You planted before, but it's time to get it out back in the field and plant again. You've watered before, but it's time to get your little watering jug and your bucket. Carry it out to the field and begin to water again. Why? Because although he bear long, surely God will avenge his own elect that cry unto him day and night. 
Proverbs chapter 24 and verse 16 says, A just man falleth seven times and riseth up again. Maybe you've staggered into this house today. You feel like you're just barely scraping by in the spirit. Uh, You tried to stand last year. You tried to stand last month. You tried to stand last night. Uh, You tried to resist the temptation, but you failed and you fell again. Uh, And the enemy would chirp in your ear today uh, to tell you that it's hopeless. There's no need for you to clog up God's radio waves with yet another repentance. Uh, But I say to you again today, uh, it's time to do it again. Uh, If you fell for your seventh time, uh, just get up for your seventh time. Uh, If you fell for your hundredth time, uh, get up for your hundredth time. Uh, There's nothing uh, that can stop somebody uh, that's going to pound on the door of heaven. And so today I challenge you to find your way to an altar. Uh, Let the tears of repentance begin to flow. I don't care how many times you messed up in 2022. uh, It's a new year uh, and God is faithful. uh, So I tell you, do it again. Uh, Don't do the same sin again. uh, But you get up and you repent again. Uh, You grab a hold of God again. Uh, You go back to that place of the cross again. Uh, There's still blood available for us. Heaven available. I ask the church today, are you not God's elect? You've been baptized in his name. Feeding great and precious promises have been spoken over the church and over this church. Over you and over your family. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night? Unto him. Do not tire of knocking. Do not tire of crying out. Do not tire of staggering back to your feet again and dragging yourself to an altar. He will respond speedily at just the right moment. But I can hear you asking today how long will this go on? How long? Will we have to do this? It was a long year. I went through a lot. I've prayed the same prayers. How long, uh, Pastor, am I going to have to go to that same prayer closet again and again? How long? Until the addict is finally free. Until the sick is finally healed. Until the hurting finds relief until the bitter find the sweet forgiveness and surrender until my lost brothers come home until Pentecost comes to Watertown uh, and to all of South Dakota until uh, liquor stores and casinos uh, begin shutting down because uh, of the large revival taking place. Uh, until jails uh, are empty uh, and all five Sunday services uh, are full. Uh, until families uh, are healthy and whole. Come on, somebody, uh, until the miraculous becomes uh, a common occurrence, uh, until we see blinded eyes opened uh, and deaf ears unstopped uh, and the lame leap, uh, until we see the dead uh, raised back to life, uh, keep knocking until uh, we see it.
until daily the Lord adds to the church such as should be saved uh, until every word uh, spoken over this church and over your life comes to pass uh, until the word of God uh, has triumphed over every lie of the devil in our community uh, and we we need to expand our vision uh, we've been satisfied uh, with revival in a building for long enough uh, it's time uh, that we get back uh, to knocking on the doors of heaven uh, until the keys uh, to the city uh, are in the hands uh, of an apostolic church until heaven comes to earth in Watertown, just keep knocking, just keep praying, just keep crying out night and day until uh, heaven comes down to Watertown, uh, until heaven comes down to Webster uh, and to Millbank and to Brookings uh, and to Redfield uh, and to Clear Lake and to Se- I'm not satisfied, uh, and I know Bishop isn't with Next Town having just three churches uh, outside of Watertown. Uh, no, uh, until every county uh, has a witness. Of the Holy Ghost. Somebody. Somebody has to do it. Again. Do it again. Until that trumpet. Sounds. I gave the media team a picture of a. Gentleman if you could put that gentleman up on the screen now. Anybody recognize. Well no not yet. Glory hallelujah. Anybody recognize that gentleman? First name basis. If I tell you his name, it might not help a whole lot. His name was Jeremiah Lanfier. Anybody know him now? All right. September 23rd, 19, or I'm sorry, 1857 at noon. Jeremiah Lanfier climbed the rickety old staircase of a failing church to the third floor opened the door to an empty room and sat down in a wooden chair. He was a lay missionary that volunteered to work at a failing church in New York City for the princely sum of $1,000 a year. But Jeremiah Lanfier started what would become known as the Fulton Street Prayer Meeting. He knocked doors. He hung signs. He passed out cards. And he announced from 12 to 1 o'clock, once weekly, we're going to have a prayer meeting. He was targeting businessmen in this lower area of New York City where the stock exchange was and many businesses and commerce were. And he climbs to the third story of a church. And he sits down at noon and nobody comes in. He waits for 10 minutes. He waits for 20 minutes. He waits for 30 minutes. And finally, at 1230, he hears faint footsteps coming up the stairs and one businessman comes in and a few more finally trickle in and the hour's almost over. Six men total come to the prayer meeting and they just have a few minutes of average prayer and they release and go back to work. But they decided we're going to do this again next week. The second week, 20 men came. After that came the great financial crash of 1857, and a country was ripe for revival. A long and amazing story, super short, 
These prayer meetings would grow to the point where they had to get a building to seat 3,000 people at a time. And the revival from this New York City failing small church began to spread out all across the country. And scholars estimate that over a million people became Christians all because uh, somebody went up to the third story uh, of a little church and made up their mind. Uh, I'm just going to do it again. Uh, I've prayed before, but I'm going to pray again. Uh, And in the right moment. He had no way of knowing that a giant crash was coming. Uh, He had no way of knowing uh, that there was going to be economic turmoil. Uh, He had no way of knowing that there was going to be just this breakthrough revival. Uh, They call it the layman's revival. There were very few ministers that were the impetus behind this. Uh, It was mostly led uh, by average men and women across the country uh, that grabbed a hold uh, of the power of prayer uh, and begin to transform cities uh, and begin to transform homes uh, and towns uh, and over a million people, million people become Christians. Testimonies and stories of that prayer meeting are so incredible. There are tales, and I I should have printed it out. I just didn't want to read a whole book to you guys today, but things would happen where... There would be wives that would come. Uh, I heard more than one testimony of this. Wives that would come and they'd be seated in like the second or third row. And they would take prayer requests and the wife would say, Hey, would you all pray for my husband that his heart would be softened and turned uh, to God. Uh, And from the back row, uh, the husband, his wife, not knowing that she was there, uh, would rise to his feet and call out, It's me. I'm the one who needs his heart. Uh, And God would begin to move. Uh, There was a minister that traveled to this revival uh, to tell them of the testimony that 25 ladies in his church had requested prayer for their husband. Uh, And in this prayer meeting, uh, by the time he traveled to New York City, all 25 husbands uh, had come to Jesus uh, and become followers and disciples of Jesus Christ. All because... Somebody said, you know what? I've tried it before. It was prayer that kept him in the fight as long as he was. uh, But it was prayer that kept him in a place where he can hear from God. uh, And it was prayer that encouraged him to continue uh, when nothing seemed to be working. uh, And in God's time, uh, speedily he answered. uh, And it doubled. uh, And then doubled again. And then doubled again. All because somebody was still knocking at the door. We've heard, of course, of the Azusa Street Revival. Now, this time I really did write a book. I sourced it from Wikipedia just to be ironic. The Azusa Street Revival was a historic series of revival meetings that took place in Los Angeles, largely led by William Seymour, an African-American preacher. The revival began on April 9th of 1906 and continued until roughly 1915. My Lord, they had a nine-year revival. Maybe God's calling us back to a nine-day revival or a nine-week revival or a nine-month revival. Or maybe God's just calling us to live in this constant state of the flow of the Spirit. On the night of April 9th, 1906, Seymour and seven men were waiting on God. On Bonnie Bray Street. One started with six. The other started with seven. But what were they always doing? Waiting 
on God. When suddenly, as though hit by a bolt of lightning, they were knocked from their chairs to the floor. And the other seven men began to speak in tongues and shout out loud, praising to God. The news quickly spread. The city was stirred. Crowds were gathered. Services were moved outside to accommodate the crowds who came from all around. And as people would draw close to the outdoor services, they would begin to fall down in the presence of the Lord. People were baptized in the Holy Spirit and the sick were healed simply by coming uh, in proximity with a hunger in his heart. Uh, they said that William Seymour, uh, as they would meet in the services, uh, it was not about him, uh, though he was the head, though he was the, the, the somewhat leader of it. Uh, it was a simple building, about 2,400 square feet, uh, and they would pack it night and day, uh, all night prayer meetings, all night worship, uh, all day long. Uh, and it was said that Seymour uh, would often be found uh, on what little platform they had uh, with a wooden milk crate uh, and his head buried in it. uh, And all you would hear were groanings uh, of prayer. uh, And from that milk crate... uh, from that milk crate, uh, many of his sermons would be preached uh, with his face down on the floor uh, and the burden of God gripping his heart so strong. Uh, oh, the pressing uh, of the Holy Ghost. Loud cries uh, would be heard ushering out uh, of a minister on the floor uh, with his head in a milk crate. Uh, the descriptions of the revival are like this. Uh, no instruments of music are used uh, because none are needed. Uh, no choir, but the angels have been heard by some in the spirit. No collections are taken. Uh, no bills have been posted to advertise the meeting. Uh, as they enter the meeting, the Holy Ghost is the leader. Now the media wasn't quite so charitable in their recollection. They say meetings are held in a tumble-down shack, preach the wildest fairies and work themselves into a state of mad excitement in their peculiar zeal. I'm still quoting from the Los Angeles Times. Colored people and a sprinkling of whites composed the congregation. And the night is made hideous in the neighborhood by the howlings of the worshipers who spend hours swaying back and forth in a nerve-wracking attitude of prayer and supplication. They claim to have the gift of tongues and to be able to understand the babble. The world didn't understand it. And when it comes in 2023, the world's still not going to understand it. But that didn't stop the fires of revival from burning at Azusa Street. And it's not going to stop revival from coming to South Dakota. They're not going to understand it. They didn't like the mixing of whites and blacks and other races and ethnicities. But I'm so thankful to say in 2023 in Watertown, every nation and every creed will be invited to this place and the Holy Ghost will fall on anybody that wants it. Why? Because there's a church that's hungry and there's a church that's ready to do it again common reaction from visitors as news began to get out across the country proud well-dressed preachers would come to investigate soon their high looks were replaced with wonder then conviction comes and very often you'll find them in a short time wallowing 
on a dirty floor asking God to forgive them and make them as little children. Can I tell you, uh, we don't try or have to try to present this uh, in a polished manner. We should do all things with excellence. Uh, We should maintain the facilities that God has provided. Uh, We should strive to do things decently uh, and in order. Uh, But it is not our presentation. Uh, It is not our programs. Uh, It is not our polish and our spit uh, and our oratorical ability. Uh, It is not our music team uh, that is going to win Watertown. Uh, What's going to win Watertown uh, is a people that is persuaded uh, that God will do it again. Ah, come on, let's lift our hands in this place for a moment. Uh, let's lift our hands in this place for a moment. Come on, every hand lifted, uh, every eye closed, uh, everybody reaching for the Lord. Come on, you come today with a need. Uh, you've prayed about it before, but I tell you, pray uh, again. Uh, you've asked him before, but I tell you, ask him again. Uh, you've asked for deliverance uh, today. Uh, ask again. It's not a, it should not be a surprise that revival would start in this way. Acts chapter 1 and verse 14. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brother. In Acts 2, we're familiar with this portion of Scripture. We, we love it. We quote it constantly. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. I say, do it again, Lord. Uh, one accord uh, in one place. Uh, oh, we remember from a couple of weeks ago, uh, we've got to be in one mind. And sometime in the future, one location won't be able uh, to happen. It won't be possible. Uh, but for right now, we better be in one mind uh, and in one accord uh, in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Uh, and there were clo- there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues uh, as the Spirit gave them utterance. I stand today to say, do it again, Lord. Uh, just like Acts chapter 2, do it again uh, in verse 40. One of the same chapter, they that gladly received his word uh, were baptized, and the same day there were added to them uh, about 3,000 souls. Uh, do it again, Lord, uh, in Watertown uh, and in all of South Dakota. I don't believe for a second uh, that God is done or that he's satisfied uh, with the size uh, of his bride in South Dakota. I say, God, uh, 3,000 added to the church. Uh, you can do it again. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in 
prayers uh, and fear came upon every soul uh, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles all that believed uh, they were together had all things common sold their possessions and goods uh, parted them to every man as everybody had need uh, daily with one accord in the temple uh, breaking bread from house to house uh, eating their meat with gladness uh, and singleness of heart praising God uh, having favor with all the people uh, and the Lord added to the church daily Uh, such as should be saved. Uh, I stand again today to say, uh, do it again, God. Uh, Would to God that there would be an apostolic church uh, that was so sold out uh, and so passionate uh, and so bought in uh, to the vision of God bringing revival uh, to South Dakota that God adds to the church such as should be saved. Acts chapter 3 and verse 6, Peter and John are on their way to the temple for the time, the hour of prayer. Uh, They come across a lame man laying at the gate, beautiful. Jesus uh, had walked past this man. He'd been there for 40 years. He'd been lame. Uh, Jesus had walked past him. Uh, You see, it's in his time uh, and at his moment, God will speedily avenge uh, those that keep knocking. Uh, And Peter looks at him and says, silver. And gold have I none, but what I do have, uh, I give to you. I ask you today, uh, what do you have uh, that somebody out there needs? Uh, What have you planted down inside of your heart uh, that you're able to give away? Uh, And so he says, in the name of Jesus, uh, rise up and walk. And he takes him by the hand and lifts him up. uh, And immediately his feet and his ankle bones uh, receive strength. And he stands up leaping uh, and walks and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God uh, and I say uh, do it again Lord uh, where the lame will leap uh, and the blind will see uh, and the deaf will hear uh, and the testimony uh, will spring out across Watertown uh, of God uh, doing the miraculous do it again in Acts chapter 4 and verse 31 it says and when they had prayed the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost uh, and they spake the word of God uh, with boldness do it again Lord uh, oh uh, that a church would come together uh, for spontaneous prayer uh, oh uh, that there would be a shaking uh, of the building by the time we're done uh, oh uh, that the clocks would be removed from the room uh, and our faces would be planted uh, in the carpet uh, saying do it uh, in Watertown Lord uh, do it uh, in our city oh do it again Lord In Acts chapter 15 or 5 and verse 14, and believers were added more to the Lord. Multitudes of both men and women, insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches, that at least the shadow of Peter passing by them might overshadow them. You want to know what dominion in a city looks like? Uh, It looks like the shadow of an apostle brushing up against somebody who's got a little bit of faith to be healed. Uh, Oh, uh, oh, uh, God, uh, do it uh, again in Watertown to that degree. Uh, Do it again, Lord, uh, in South Dakota to that degree. Uh, And look what happens in the next verse. Uh, There comes a multitude out of the cities uh, round about Watertown, uh, bringing sick folks uh, and them which were vexed with unclean spirits uh, and they were healed uh, every one 
And I say, uh, Lord, do it again. Do it again. In Acts chapter 6 and verse 7, uh, faithful deacons are appointed. Uh, the apostles, uh, the ministers are able to focus on the word uh, and prayer. Uh, don't discount the importance uh, of that moment in the continuation of the revival in the church. Uh, in Acts chapter 6 and verse 7, uh, this was the result of faithful men and women in the church uh, taking care of the business of the church uh, so that the preachers of the church uh, could stay in the word of God uh, and the word of God increased and the number of disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly and a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. Uh, we've had it prophesied over this church uh, that there are going to be congregations that come. Uh, there are going to be ministers from other denominations. Uh, we've heard it even as specifically as youth leaders uh, that could not escape the spirit of suicide uh, in their home church. Uh, we're going to walk through the doors of this building uh, looking for relief, uh, looking for somebody. Uh, oh, uh, there's a day coming where great companies uh, from other congregations uh, are going to come and be obedient to the faith. I say, I say, do it again. In Acts chapter 8, driven by persecution, believers scatter, but they go everywhere preaching the gospel. Do it again. Philip preaches to the people that aren't from his group. They're on the wrong side of the tracks. Somebody in this church, hear me right now. Do it again. Go find somebody that doesn't look like you, doesn't talk like you. Their life isn't structured like you. Uh, go find somebody uh, and do it again. Uh, I believe that there are going to be people that are, uh, that are currently con confused uh, and tied up in delusion uh, and tied up in an LGBTQIA2 plus lifestyle, whatever letter and acronym that you want to do it. Uh, but somebody's going to go to them uh, and they're going to preach the gospel. Uh, somebody's going to tell them about the love of Jesus Christ. Uh, they're not going to be nasty. They're not going to be rude and crude. They're just going to go and they're going to share the gospel. Find somebody that's not in your group and tell them about Jesus. Philip is led from that raging revival of the spirit out into the wilderness. Oh, do it again, Lord, uh, that we could be so led of the spirit uh, that we would walk out into the middle of nowhere. Also, God could reach one uh, Ethiopian eunuch who is hungry. Uh, oh, do it again, God, uh, where God begins to speak in prayer meetings uh, on a Monday morning and say, drive out uh, to XYZ place out in the middle of nowhere because he knows uh, there's a farmer on his tractor uh, that's been reading his Bible uh, in order you do it uh, again, Lord. In Acts chapter 9, the violently anti-Christian Paul is converted miraculously. Do it again. In Acts chapter 10, the Gentiles are added in and racism is overcome. Uh, two completely separate, disparate peoples, the Jews uh, and the Greeks, they did not blend. They did not like each other. Peter took six guys with him uh, to be his accountability partner so that he couldn't be accused of something uh, for going unto a Gentile. It took a vision from the Lord. Uh, but I say, God, do it 
again. In Acts chapter 13, the Holy Ghost speaks to a church in a prayer meeting as they're fasting and praying together and says, separate unto me a missionary team. I say, do it again. God has told us this is going to be a sending church. And oh, that there would be such a saturation, such an atmosphere of prayer in this place that God could simply say, you and you pack up and go. I say, Lord, do it again. And on and on the story goes. A prayer meeting in a humble upper room with uneducated Galileans in just a few decades turns the Roman Empire and most of the world completely upside down. They didn't have airplanes. They didn't have smartphones. They didn't have the internet. There was no Facebook Live. There was no podcast. But they had a hold on prayer. And I say, let's do it again. As we all stand in this place today. It started with a bang. And it ain't going out with a whimper. We've got more than six in this house today. So we're well ahead of the Fulton Prayer Street or Fulton Street Prayer Revival. We've got more than seven in the house today, so we're already ahead of Azusa Street. Look at that. We've got less than 120. Maybe, just maybe, today is the day. Maybe, just maybe, this right here is the moment in time that we will be able to look back as the fires of revival sweep our world and say, I was there. I was there the Sunday that the Jesus church tarried in prayer uh, until Pentecost fell. Uh, I was there the day uh, that we stayed in a presence of the... I was there the day uh, that the fire sprung up and began to explode all across this land. Uh, as every hand is lifted in this place today, uh, oh, uh, I want to be able to say uh, that I was there. Uh, oh, God, uh, I want you to do it again. Uh, but God's looking at a church squarely in this new year uh, and he's saying to us you do it again you pray again you fast again you reach again come on there it is there's a travail beginning to break out in this house sir ma'am do not hold that back you just begin to let that go don't worry what anybody else is doing don't worry how anybody else is responding right now oh let it begin to flow up out of you. Let it begin to usher up out of you. Come on, mama. Come on, father. Begin to pray for your lost kids. Come on, begin to pray for your lost grandbabies. Come on, do it again. I know you might have prayed for them this morning, but pray again. I know you've been calling out their names, but call them again. Oh, because God is going to hear and God is going to respond. 
Sandara Ramamaha.